Hey folks, this is Glenn Mann. You're listening to an all-new episode of the Man from New York podcast. This edition of the podcast is very special because I have an interview, first time ever, talking about uh, wine in the era of social distancing and global crisis, talking with a certified wine specialist and wine blogger, who also happens to be my sister, Wanda Man. So you're getting two mans for the price of one. Now, some of the audio might be a little bit choppy, but for the most part, I think you're going to really enjoy this interview. So let's get to it. Hello. Hello, Wanda. How you doing? Good. How are you? Okay. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I guess you couldn't get a better guest than your sister. <laughs> well, you're the first guest on this podcast. Oh, really? Yes. Wow, being the oldest sister has some privileges after all. And now, in all of your professional and career highlights, uh, how how big is this moment for you right this now? This is huge, you know. Yes. Um, never been nominated for a Grammy, Emmy, Oscar, Tony, but I'm on this podcast that I don't even know the name of, but hey, you're my brother, so. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the podcast is Man from New York. Okay, you know that, I'm know. having, you know, um, I'm trying to figure out how I can adjust the volume because I'm hearing your voice very low. Raising it on my phone. Um, okay, but I can hear you. I'll just make sure I keep the phone close. Okay, no problem. So, Do you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly, yeah. Okay. I'm oh, afraid no. if I click anything, I might mess up something. Well, this is all sort of a work in progress, so. Okay. Break anything. All righty. So I want to talk to you because everything that's happened in the world with, uh, of course, this global pandemic, this crisis. uh, But, you know, people are trying to find ways to relax or just sort of relieve stress. And uh, one of those things people are doing, people are, you know, they're drinking a little little bit of the bubbly, different wines and spirits, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And, and you wrote a blog post on your blog, uh, The Black Dress Traveler, uh, Wine Still Matters. Yes. And, of course, uh, not only as far as culturally, uh, but sort of economically. Could you just exp- expand on that? Well, sure. I mean, certainly from an economic perspective, we've seen um, how the pandemic has put a strain on the economy. If we just take New York as a case study, Um, with all of the restaurants uh, being shut down, well, many people, that's when they drink wine, Uh, you know, so restaurants, and that's a big source of their revenue. Um, Fortunately for New York State is one of the states where wine and spirits has been deemed essential. So that allows those people to keep their jobs. Um, That allows the distributors to keep their employees. Um, That means can still be imported. So at least that supply chain is still active and working. So in addition to the emotional and cultural importance of wine, um, we can't deny that it's an economic life force, and especially in a city like New York, which is a culinary capital. Yes. Now, we all know that uh, two of the countries that are being really hard hit by this crisis, uh, particularly one in particular, Italy, but Mm -hmm. also Spain, uh, those are countries that are very dear now to the wine industry, but to you, you've spent a lot of time in those countries over the years. Sure. Uh, you've never taken me there, but you've been there a lot to those countries, Italy and Spain. <laughs> so I was just wondering, uh, what, is, what are your thoughts? What, how, how are you feeling about what's happening uh, in Italy and Spain? 
Sure. I mean, you know, it's almost hard to describe. It's been heartbreaking. Um, Spain was my home for two years, as you know, two non-consecutive years. When I was a teenager, I lived for a school year in Barcelona with a beautiful Catalan family. And then my junior year of college, I studied in Toledo, Spain. So I've always had an affinity for Spain, just felt a strong attachment. And um, it really probably is my first introduction to wine as part of a, a lifestyle, as part of a meal, as part of spending time with family. Um, then later on professionally, I didn't go to Italy until the first time. Um, it was actually 2015 was my very first trip to Italy. And since then, I've probably been at least 15 times. Wow. And Italy has just taught me so much about wine from being in the vineyards, the cellars. You know, I love the warmth and openness of the Italian people and the winemakers. So I would say I love wine from all over the world. But in terms of places where I've spent the most time and almost consider home away from home, it's been very heart wrenching for me to see what's happening in Spain and Italy. So, you know, I've been reaching out to friends and colleagues there. So far, everyone that I know seems to be okay. But, um, you know, of course it's it's very frightening. And I think for a while we were very kind of um, nonchalant in New York. It was happening over there. And now that New York is the epicenter of the pandemic in the US, you know, all of my friends from Italy and Spain and other places are calling to check on me. So. You know, wine brings us all together and also times like this bring us all together. And I always say, you know, wine, when you sit at a table, really shows you how much more we have in common as people than what makes us different. So we can come from different languages, different cultures, different generations. And wine um, kind of helps to bring those barriers down. So I'm really thankful for the people that wine has brought into my life. And we're all kind of leaning on each other right now. Yes. Now, I was wondering, because wine is such a, a social aspect to the entire culture around mm -hmm. wine. Uh, you're, you're a blogger. You're also a certified wine specialist. That's true. Which is, I guess that's like sort of, you know, like a ninja or a samurai. I don't yes, quite know how that. it's a secret society. I can't tell you more about it because then I'd have to hurt you and mom would mad at me. So, leave <laughs> it at that. She likes Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so... But since wine is so such a social aspect to wine, um, social distancing now, the era that we live in of self-isolation and quarantine, uh, how does that sort of change people in the industry, of uh, how they work? Like you're used to going to lots of wine tastings and meeting with importers. Mm -hmm. So how does the business, how is business being conducted right now? You know, honestly, I think we're finding our way. I know for me, the first few weeks as the situation escalated, I really wasn't sure how I would proceed in a professional way. It just seemed almost frivolous that was going on. Um, but I also realized it's important in times like this to retain something of your, of your routine in your life because otherwise you really would just go stir crazy. So whatever you can hold on to is important. So I think the wine industry has adapted. It's true, we can't go to tastings anymore and to restaurants. People are using technology. So a lot of the major media has been reporting on the rise of the virtual happy hour. So people <laughs> toasting together online. I've certainly done that with a few of my friends. Um, so people who are not drinking physically together, but we're still sharing the experience. And um, I don't know, you know, if we're, we'll see what the future holds, you know. 
I don't know what wine tastings will look like once things will calm down. But right now, the community still feels very united. And I think everyone is committed to still sharing our passion and supporting the producers and the importers and distributors and the retailers um, because their lives depend on this. So we realize that, you know, we might just be posting a picture on Instagram, but it might inspire someone to buy that bottle and that has a positive effect for many reasons. Oh, that's, that sounds very, very encouraging. Now, because wine culture is a lot about sort of celebrating, about appreciation of life, mm -hmm. along with good food and good company, um, on the other side of this crisis, uh, if and when we are able to get ourselves through this uh, all around the world, uh, what do you think wine culture looks like on the other side of this crisis? Well, you know, I think, um, as you said, once around the world, if once we truly overcome this, I think the celebratory nature of wine will be more appreciated than ever. Um because, and I think in our busy lives, you know, wine for many of us represents that time out just to savor something that's beautiful and transports us to another place and another time. So I don't think the role of wine will necessarily change in people's lives. Um, maybe how it's expressed again, people may have some aversion to going to large events. Um, maybe the size of the events will change. Um, wine is a very community so even people you don't know you hug and you kiss maybe that will disappear i would hope to not live in a world where elbow bumps replace kisses on the cheek but it may be <laughs> that way for a while but i think the community will still be strong I think people will cherish that day they can go back out to their favorite neighborhood wine bar and share a bottle with a friend i think that's high on many people's list of things to do Okay. Now I've asked you a couple of serious questions, but now let's have, have a little bit of fun. Uh, oh, lighten up the mood. <laughs> those were serious <laughs> questions. Uh, the, so, uh, you know, a lot of people here in New York, uh, places that serve alcohol and wine, have been deemed essential services. Mm -hmm. So you can you can actually get uh, delivered sure. alcohol and wine. Mm -hmm. In fact, bars and restaurants are still open. Did you take out? Have been given permission to you know deliver those products to people's homes. Yes. So I'm just wondering, what are your recommendations? Let's say you, you're home, you're working, remote working, and you're, it's late afternoon, uh, you're, you're tired, maybe you've got kids and you've been trying to help school them. What's like a good late afternoon wine recommendation? Sure. You know, the funny thing is, I think as more of us work from home, the concept of time has become very blurry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so whereas before having a drink at two or three o'clock for people outside of the wine industry might have seemed uh, a little, you know, cause for concern. Now yeah. it's like, hey, you know, anything goes. But um, I will say I have been drinking lighter body wines because, you know, it is important to still sip responsibly and keep our immune system strong. I've been yeah. doing some. So like late afternoon, I would enjoy like a nice glass of Riesling. They tend to okay. be lower in alcohol. They're refreshing. They're crisp. Um, they're just a very pleasant and happy wine. I'm also a big fan of sparkling wine. So that doesn't have to be champagne. Most people, you know, aren't popping champagne in the middle of the week. Life is short. So if you have it, why not? But Prosecco, yes. Cava, Trento Dog, Franciacorta, they're great American. So I think there's something about that ritual of popping the cork and the bubbles that instantly create a feeling of, of bliss and joy. So those would be my recommendations to not have anything too heavy. Um, yeah. You could have a glass of Riesling and still keep working. I've done it. 
Okay, cool. So, so, so we move from the late afternoon. Let's say you're one of the people, unfortunately, that has to go out every day to work. And you come home, you've had dinner, you watch a little bit of cable news, and now you're really stressed out, and you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. What's a, what's a good one, like, a little bit before bedtime? Yeah, I find at nighttime, I like something that I can really sip and savor. So I have been sipping sherry from okay. Spain, which are available. You know, you can have a sweet sherry, a drier sherry. They sometimes have beautiful, you know, nutty flavors, fruity flavors, you flavors of fig and raisins and they can be a little salty and it's not something you drink quickly um also a glass of port a glass of cognac so i find that nighttime i tend to um like something that's a little more a little heavier but something that you're not gulping down and also it's always a great choice so you can't go wrong with a you know, an Italian, you know, Chianti Classico or, you know, a beautiful Garnacha from Spain or Rioja. But uh, yeah, those are, but you know what? I tell people, drink what you love. There are no hard rules. Just mm-hmm. uh, drink what you love. Don't be afraid to explore. Okay, cool. Now I'm going to go Barbara Walters on you for a second. Uh, if you were a bottle of wine, what bottle of wine would you be? Really, Glenn? <laughs> <laughs> You don't, you don't have to answer that. I was just uh, that. Well, I think, I mean, just based on um, something that someone wrote about me recently, I think I would be maybe a, a champagne. Okay, um, cool. You know, classic. Um, okay. I'm not really a trendy person. Um, I, you know, I like to find joy and happiness. And uh, I think champagne is probably a wine that captures my personality. But that's a tough question. As soon as we hang up, I'll probably say that was not the right answer. But <laughs> at this moment, that feels like the right answer. Okay. So uh, before we go, I just want to uh, give you time to uh, sort of let people know uh, where they can find you on social media. Sure. Or your content. Absolutely. So my website is blackdresstraveler.com. And on Instagram, you can find me at Wine Dine Wanda, and that's the same on Twitter. And also, there's a Facebook page for Black Dress Traveler. And if you go to the website, um, all of the links are there for the social media profiles. Okay, well, I think that's going to do it for us right now. Thank you for being a guest, being the very first guest. Wow! Podcast. Did Mom make you do this? Did she say I? I know it's been and I know it's been an honor for you. It's That's been, been an honor for me. Honor. <laughs> uh, so you take care. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Glenn. It was quite enjoyable. You did a good job. <laughs> uh, thank you. Ciao. Bye. Thank you, folks, for listening to another episode of the Man from New York podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Glenn Price Man. You already know it's Glenn with two N's, Price, Man with two N's. And feel free to email and contact me at podcast at manglenn.com. Once again, thank you for listening to the Man from New York podcast.